Now people will say repetitive stuff just to feel in because they may not have the vocabulary or words uh, appropriate for that situation. Anyway, if you've got your Bibles with you, please turn with me uh, to Ephesians chapter uh, 4. Ephesians chapter 4. And today we will be in verse 25. We will anchor in verse 25. Uh, but let me read from verse 17. 17 to 32. Because really, in the full context of everything, this is uh, where we are. This is where the text is set. Start from verse 17. Uh, to verse uh, 32. Hear the word of God as it comes to you. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 17. Now this I say and testify in the Lord, that you must no longer walk as the Gentiles do. In the futility of their minds, they are darkened in their understanding, alienated from the life of God, because of the ignorance that is in them, due to their hardness of hearts, they have become callous and have given themselves up to sensuality, greedy to practice every kind of impurity. But that is not the way you learned Christ, assuming that you have heard about him and were taught in him as the truth is in Jesus. To put off your old self, which belongs to your former manner of life and is corrupt through deceitful desires, and to be renewed in the spirit of your minds, and to put on the new self created after the likeness of God in true righteousness and holiness. Verse 25 to 32. Therefore, having put away falsehood, let each one of you speak the truth with his neighbor, for we are members of one another. Be angry and do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your anger. And give no opportunity to the devil. Let the thief no longer steal, but rather let him live. Doing honest work with his own hands so that he may have something to share with anyone in need. Let no corrupting talk come out of your mouths, but only such as is good for building up as fits the occasion that it may give grace to those who hear. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God, by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and slander be put away from you along with all malice. Be kind to one another, tender heart, forgiving one another as God in Christ forgave. Bless you. Our Father in heaven, we, we long to hear from you, from your word. We long to be changed from the inside out by the transforming work of the Holy Spirit 
God is sharper than a double-edged sword, cutting straight to the heart. May we be, may we, may we be grieved by our sin, Lord. May we not be comfortable in our sin. May we see from your word what is being said here by the writers who are inspired of the Holy Spirit. Lord, may we apply this to our lives. May we not take it lightly. Help me be clear. Keep me from error. Oh Lord, I desire to preach the truth. Grant me the desires of my heart in Jesus' name. Leaving no stone, no stone unturned. Amen. So, friends, we have been going through the Paul's letter to the Christians, uh, to the Ephesian Christians, and this has been an extraordinary letter. I mean, all, all scriptures God knows, right? But I do think Ephesians is neglected by most. People go to, there are people who love Romans. Many people go to the Gospels, you know, going through the Gospels of John, Matthew, etc., etc. And Ephesians is usually uh, tiptoed around. But I would say that this is an, a phenomenal, prolific letter. In that Paul starts this letter by expounding in the first three chapters he expounds on the great truths of God's word what God has done in salvation what, what God has done for his children and when he starts in chapter 1 by saying blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ in verse 3 who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing. Wow. And then he goes on in chapter 2 expounding how ye were dead in trespasses and sins. Following the course of this world. Following the prince of the power of the... We need this. We need these reminders every week because we are slow. It's like we've got amnesia. We've got chronic amnesia. We forget that God has saved us from sin and how he did it was through making alive those who are spiritually dead in Christ Jesus. It is only a work of God, friends. Salvation is only a work of God. It is not ours. We cannot take salvation out. We cannot play salvation out. It's only through God. It's only possible through God. You see, the greatest phrase, one of the greatest short phrases in the Bible is found in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 4. But God, being rich in mercy. And friends, this is why we need to share the gospel. It's a privilege to be a Christian. But we need to share the gospel and say, listen, you and I are not the same. You know why? Because God has done this. We're not the same. We may, we may see us wearing the same clothing, walking around, maybe shopping in the shopping mall, doing all sorts of things because of common grace, but we're not the same by the grace of God. Paul goes on to expound on the mysteries of the gospel. 
Even how Christ has broken down the walls of hostility between the Jews and the Gentiles. And that now they, we are one in Christ. There's no need for segregation. There's no need to say, oh, this is the black church. This is the white church. No. This is Christ's church. It's not our church. It's Christ's church. He's the head of the church. He's the founder of the church. The Apostle Paul continues to expound on the mystery of the the mystery of the gospel, the gospel which was previously concealed, now has been revealed. The, the Gentiles now can, can be, can, have been brought close. Now we can worship in spirit and in truth. Previously we could not, we, we would not, because we were outside of um, um, the covenant community. We're outside of the nation of Israel. And Paul ends chapter 3 with the doxology. In his prayer. And he starts now from, from chapter 4 to chapter 6. He now shows us the practical responses of the Christian to what has been done. He does not start with the practical. He starts with the theological and then moves on to the practical. He does not start with the practical and go to the theological. Some people get it wrong. They get it twisted. So because of what God has done, there are no shortcuts. You need to be saved in order to be able to do these things by the Spirit. <laughs> There's no shortcuts in Christianity. You cannot dupe God. You cannot do a sort of uh, a deal with God. Say, oh God, you know, um, let me just do these things uh, uh, with my own power in and of myself as if there's something good in me as some people teach. No. You need to be saved first. And then So, Paul is writing to Christians. Now, of course, we need to preach these things to show the difference, to call people to salvation, to repentance and faith. Paul, in chapter 4, emphasizes the unity of the body, which we have gone through. And from verse 17 to 32, Paul starts this thing of the new life. He's saying, he, he's saying, listen, I think I've been a bit vague and broad. I need to now zoom in to the practical aspects of the, the Christian life. This is what God has done and, and, and so you are to respond in this way, but not only in a broad sense, but in a more specific sense. There's specific things that Paul wants to show us. Previously, in this text, from verse 17 to 25, uh, verse 17 and 19, he's talking about the state of the unbeliever and how the unbeliever lives. But he says, no, 
Christians, that is not how we learn to Christ. I'm giving us this background so as to see what he's doing. It's important. Because we, we need to put off the former life. He makes it clear that when God saves you, it does not mean that you have reached a state of perfection. You don't just arrive. It's a gradual thing. Was with her 
Meanwhile, we see that she did the exact opposite of what God had, had commanded Adam. In Genesis chapter 2, verse 18, we see that God commanded Adam that of all these trees you can eat, but the tree in the middle of the garden you cannot eat. You should not eat. You must not eat. <coughs> now Paul, here, after having given us what the old man is and the new man is, he anticipates questions. So, Paul, what do you mean? So what are the practical aspects? We're kind of in the dark. We need more specifics. You say that there's a difference between the old man and the new man. There's a difference between unbelievers and believers. So, what distinguishes a believer from an unbeliever? Paul highlights lying. Thus, the, the, the topic of my sermon today is put off lying. What is lying? Well, the Miriam Webster describes it this way. Marked, or marked by or containing untrue statements. Who 
you say say we deliver it. Okay, where are you? Do you deliver this? Okay, we do. So deliver it. Ah no, but okay, the problem was. Most ah, this is what I advertise on Facebook, but it's missing a link. I hope you, you understand. You just have to put a group so that it can work. White lies. There's no such thing as a white lie. Each and every lie comes from the father of lies. Another, we also live in a culture and day where lies are, are told in order to protect someone or as a sign of respect. Ah, no, no, no. You have to lie in order for things to go well. Or to protect the integrity of adults. <coughs> Your parent asks you, where are you? Instead of telling them full blatantly and saying, no, no, no. I am with friends right now. We are playing games or having fun or whatever. We choose to lie. So as to not get ourselves into trouble, because you know your parents don't want you to be somewhere at a certain hour. Or you choose to withhold information. Because lying is not only telling of a distortion, it's withholding important information that is likely to influence the outcome of a particular thing. So for example, you know, even a half a half truth is a lie. It's a lie. Because you, you're, not, you're not giving the, the correct information. It could be doctoring of a CV. A big company wants to hire you. Ah, let's just polish it up a bit, you know. You tell them of even things that you don't have. And most companies nowadays don't even check CVs, right? Just take, oh, okay. They don't even look at the certification. They just read, maybe, oh, okay. You want them to use it, ah, fine, let's take it. Maybe you never actually went to use it. It can be found out later that, ah, this person was never used it. They, they don't even know what this entails. And 
I want us to see that why we shouldn't lie as Christians. One, because we have put away fallacies. Now the word fallacy just means falsehood. Number two, I want us to see we shouldn't lie because we are mandated to follow. First, we have put away fallacies. Secondly, we are mandated to follow. Thirdly, in Christ, we are family. Those are the three things I want us to see from this text. We have put away fallacies. Look at how Paul puts it. Therefore, having put away falsehoods. <laughs> in other words, what Paul is saying is that if you are a child of God, if you, are, you have been saved by grace through faith in Christ alone, God has enabled you by God's grace, you have put off a life of deceitfulness. Because really, people who are unsaved are deceitful. Non-believers are liars. They are living a lie. They are living a double life. It's a mask there, a mask there, a mask there. There's a mask for the workplace, there's a mask for the marketplace, there's a mask for being with family. Family can know you to be the, the, one of the best young children in the family. For example, Chidumo and Masende, Chidumo was known as a very loving who would pick up, uh, help grannies carry the paper bags. But outside here, he was a murderer, a rapist. He was a thief, he was a robber. Paul is saying, having put away fallacies, having, by the grace of God, been removed from that that this putting off is not of our own strength. In fact, friends, I will say it is impossible to be a Christian. But what is the work of God? It's impossible from a human front. If you look at the difference between a non-believer and a Christian, they are worlds apart. There's a chasm fixed. There's a gap. But then the, 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 the believer cannot boast himself. He boasts in Christ. So we, we must stop lying because we have put away falsehoods. That's what Paul is saying. Therefore, having put away falsehood. The, the word falsehood there is pseudo. P-S-A-U-D-O. Which means lies or false information. You have just given a bit of information just to tick off the boxes, but you're actually lying. Paul is writing to people who have turned their backs on sin. People who are new creatures in Christ. He's saying this should be a mark as a Christian. See, the Christian life, friends, is, is difficult. 
It demands a change. You can't be a Christian and just be the same. Just I'm a Christian and I'll just live as, as many people who profess to be Christians. That is not Christianity. That is not biblical Christianity. There has to be change. Our lives must be marked with truthfulness, with honesty.
but he delights in people who are trustworthy. Proverbs 6, verse 16 to 19. There are six things that the Lord hates, seven that are an abomination to him. Haughty eyes. Look at the second one. A lying tongue. <laughs> the Lord hates a lying tongue. And hands that are shed, that shed innocent blood. A heart that devises wicked plans. Feet that make haste to run to evil. A false witness who breathes out lies. And one who sows discord among brothers. I'll come to this later. Discord among brothers. Friends, lying is a serious issue. It's not, it's not something a matter that we polish up. In fact, lying, a chronic liar, is not a believer in Christ Jesus. And that is why Christians need to put off lying. Repent from that. Why are you trying to present yourself in a better light than you actually are? Just be truthful to the brethren. Just be honest. The world is, you know, when you bring this text to the world, say, ah, no, you know what? God does not understand. You have to lie. You can't live in Islam without lying. My friends, the scriptures are clear. Why are you arguing with the scriptures? They're clear, crystal clear. Doesn't matter whether you're in Cambodia. In Colombia, in Chile, it doesn't matter whether you are in Argentina, where there's mass drug dealers, lying is sin. And friends, when you actually look at these, these pointers that Paul is, is now dealing with lying, anger, all those things. It's a reflection of the moral law. The law of God. Exodus chapter 20. If you go and read but left 10 there so we can see the evidence. Those are uh, no, 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 the law of God has been abolished. See where it's coming from. I'll read from verse 13. Exodus 20. Verse 10. You shall not murder. <coughs> you shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. You shall not bear false witness against your neighbor. Lying is hurtful. Lying causes divisions in the church. Lying breaks friendships. Lying breaks marriages. Lying is hurtful. But I want to see some examples from the scriptures, what it says about lying. Acts chapter 5 verse 3, Then Peter said, Ananias, how is it that Satan has so filled your hearts that you have lied to the Holy Spirit and kept for yourself some of the money you received for the land? 
Numbers 23 verse 19. God is not man that he should lie, or a son of man that should change his mind. He has said, and will he not do it? Or has he spoken, and will he not fulfill it? Dear Christian, if you are in the habit of falling easily into lying, or overemphasizing, or omitting information, then resolve to put off the old man holistically, continuously. But if lying is a lifestyle, then you're not a Christian. You need a savior. You're still on your way to hell. If lying is a lifestyle, if, 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 if at any given moment you ask something, yes, God. If there's no more within you, if there's no wrestling within you to say, no, 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 no. I should, I should be careful with what I say. I should be careful with how I present something. Because let, let me make a disclaimer. Now, being truthful does not mean that I should blabber brother those information to everyone. If he has told me something, and then I go, ah, you know, brother knows that. Let us have been truthful. That is false. In fact, that is sowing discord. You distrust me. Or, for example, there's some, some information that is only meant for certain years. Now, I cannot say that simply because I have not told Felix about something which I feel at that present moment he does not need to know of or it is irrelevant to him then I'm lying no or there's information that I know not of but I vaguely control but generally I, I, I just forgotten and I say something that could be a sin of omission which of course God I deal with with God level with God say so, no that's an indictment but something that you are consciously aware of which you have been asked and you deliberately distort the information
Isaiah 6. In the year, in the year that King Uzziah dies, classified information for different people. There's also mistakes. When you make a mistake, here we're targeting intentional life. Second point I want us to see there that Christians should not lie because they are mandated to follow. Look at what Paul says. Therefore, Having put away falsehood, let each one of you speak the truth with his neighbor. Let each one of you speak the truth. It's a, it's a command. We are, we are, it's a command, so we are mandated to follow. So Paul transitions from the reality of what, what has happened to Christians now as a result of what has happened to Christians. Therefore, having put away falsehood, let each, and so there's a command, let each one of you speak truth. It's a command. It's a mandate. We must follow. We must obey. We must be truthful. We must speak the truth with our neighbor. Because speaking the truth to your neighbor is actually loving. Lying to them is unloving. We should speak the truth in love and grow up in every way in Christ Jesus. And friends, Withholding the gospel from your neighbor who is a homosexual is unloving and uncaring. Silly boys, what do you say? You're loving. You're more embracing. It's actually. It's unloving. Affirming your friend who has deserted their spouse is unloving and uncaring. In fact, it is vile and evil. Felix, if you leave your wife, I must rebuke you. In love. I must show you that I'm willing to cut off friendship, cut off fellowship, because you're not living rightly. You're not walking in a manner worthy of the calling. Paul here is quoting Zechariah 8, 16, which says, These are the things that you shall do. Speak the truth to one another. 
Render in your gates judgments that are true and make for peace. Even it says, let each one of you speak the truth with his neighbor. A, a, a small um, flipping over to Colossians 3.9. Hear the word of God. Do not lie to one another, seeing that you have put off the old self with its practices and have put on the new self, which is being renewed in knowledge after the image of its creator. Lastly, I want us to see that we shouldn't lie to one another because of Christ we are family. Look at how Paul puts it. Therefore, having put away falsehood, let each one of you speak the truth with his neighbor, for we are members of one another. We are members of one another. We, we are members of the body of Christ. We, we are mandated to be truthful because we are united in Christ. That if, if you are a Christian, you are united with your brothers and sisters in Christ there is no stronger union or in fact there is no stronger religious union on this earth even familial ties of, are at stake I should be more I should be truthful to my brothers and sisters And not only to my brothers and sisters, because what I am here should be what I am here. What I am here should be what I am. No hypocrisy. The Lord wants us. Lying to one another causes divisions, distrust, dissensions, tension. A church that, that entertains lies and liars will soon fall to the lies of the world. A church whose pastor is a known liar or, or, or teaches lies will be seen by its fruits. Will be seen by what they emphasize, will be seen by what they entertain. Friends, bring, bring a liar is a serious charge. A liar, no one wants to, if you're a true Christian, no one wants to finish with a liar. Say, ah, this one is always lying. I need to stay away from this person.
but they are just a liar. And you see in the inconsistencies, because lying catches up with you, right? If you lie, it will be seen in your life. <laughs> Nothing gets up here. Nothing gets up. For a simple example, if I'm lying to my wife about something, anything, it will soon catch up because she will, she will notice something. So, mm, she may be suspicious and keeps it to herself and not ask. But she would have seen something to show that mm, there's inconsistency in what Joe is saying here. It just doesn't, it just doesn't add up. And friends, lying gives birth to all sorts of things. Sexual immorality, duping, murder. That's what it falls. That's what the, that's where the stream is. Because you have not told the truth, either to yourself, or you have not had an honest reflection from the scriptures to, to measure and see whether you are a Christian or not. Whether your life actually measures up, is, is worthy of the calling. Are, are people around you affirming that this person is not a liar? This person strives for integrity. This person strives to be truthful as, as much as possible. In your workplace, at school, where you at your home, are they honest about their financial dealings? Are they honest about uh, their relationship with the opposite sex? Are they honest about their whereabouts? Maybe I had to withhold from the brethren that I was in the club yesterday. Yeah, I'll give you interest. Ah, hey. You know, I was jiving like nobody's business. But I'm here lifting holy hands. Holy, holy, holy. You're like, that's a godly man. Slander. 
whereby you gossip that person and you rip that person's shreds with other people. And, and, and talk down on that person. So as to make you feel better. Haven't you met people like that? The moment you're in the, in the same room with them, they are already slandering someone else and making themselves look better. Ripping themselves, ripping that person to shreds and making themselves look better. A liar is bound to be a gossip. One who is thrilled about slandering others in your presence will also slander you with others. Friends, even exaggeration can say to be lied. So we must be careful with our speech. For example, if I say, oh, wow, you know, our brother Ndo's flat is, you know, is amazing. They've even got three bedrooms. Well, I know that brother Ndo lives in a flat. I know that it's amazing. But it's not three rooms, three bedrooms. <laughs> You've just exaggerated. Not presenting the truth as it's meant to be. My friends, we've got a lot to repent. All of us, all of us need to evaluate our lives and see where we have lied. And repent. I'm not in your hearts. This is between you and God. We've got a lot to repent of. Because once we are weaned off lying and put off lying, we'll be able to go out there and tell the truth. The gospel. Even as we partake of the table, may we come before the Lord in contrariness and put off light.